There's no doubt faiths and the communities surrounding them can be profound and powerful. Faith affects our value systems and our culture. Our faith may also influence how we see ourselves and someone else. So how do communities of faith affect shame? Specifically shame for those experiencing addiction and substance use disorders in the state of Utah. It's something that's not only present, but it's a daily concern for people. That's the voice of Jared Bowman, the clinical director for the Bear River Health Department's Counseling and Substance Abuse Division. For Bowman, shame is one of the biggest concerns when it comes to recovery. Trying to reduce addictions to a moral failing is truly, um, it, that's tragic. And it, and it creates problems for people within communities that are trying to work on biological and neurobiological problems, but yet find themselves confronting issues of faith wherein they may be taught that this is a moral failing or a weakness. It's important to make a differentiation between shame and guilt. Bowman says guilt is a natural response when someone's behavior falls outside of one's values, and it can actually be helpful in changing behavior. Shame, on the other hand, is much more inimical. Guilt says, I did something wrong. Shame says, I am bad and therefore not necessarily worth fixing. And that's a problem. Shame is damning. Um, From any standpoint, shame is damning. It prevents people from seeing that there is a purpose behind making change. Bowman says it would be a disservice not to speak to the positive aspects of faith communities for those in recovery. And though shame can be the result of a community's influence, Bowman says in some circumstances shame is brought on by a person's perception of rectitude. It may not come specifically from individuals or or groups within a faith. It may be an individual's interpretation of their faith's dogma. For Gary Fisher, the executive director of the Cirque Lodge in Utah, where he has worked for over 20 years, his faith group did not impose negative feelings towards substance use. Fisher, who was raised in a Presbyterian church, recently celebrated 34 years of continuous sobriety. And though he was aware of his community's social mores and felt shame in the beginning of his recovery journey, he ultimately found his faith community to be supportive of him and his family. I had shame. Did the Presbyterian church or the Catholic church or or the Mormon church inflict that shame? Uh, No. I don't I don't believe that's true. Fisher, though not a social worker and speaking of his own personal and professional experiences, says institutions or individuals, for that matter, are not responsible for shame. To say that, that, you know, you had the ability to have that sort of control over my life or that the church has that sort of control over my life or anybody would have that control. You know, that's just something that I, I just I would just disagree with. One of the things that that 34 years has done for me has given me this perspective because early in my recovery and at the end of my using and drinking, you know, I was the victim in everything. The the common denominator in that whole piece was, you know, was me. Michelle Chapus, a licensed substance use disorder counselor and a coordinator with Utah State University's Tribal Opioid Resource Center, says shame-based motivators, even those with the best of intentions, are never effective. Being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and engaging in drug and alcohol counseling herself, Chapus says members of her faith community she knew well were very supportive. Those individuals that were there that had known me forever, you know, it was always love and acceptance. But new individuals coming in, it was almost just like, uh, yeah. I felt uncomfortable. And I'm not putting the blame on them. The uncomfortable feelings that I felt kind of put, put me in this mindset that, you know, I really have a choice. I don't have to be here. Chapu says shame of addiction in communities of faith varies based on the dynamics of each group, and broad generalizations are impossible. Substances are designed to hijack the body, and they do it perfectly. They don't care who you are. And so that moral lens, I think, is very prominent 
in some areas, but is is not in others. Chapoose, Bowman, and Fisher all express the need to destigmatize addiction in communities of faith while recognizing shame-based motivators simply don't work. We need to make sure that we're looking at addictions as the medical problem that they are. This is a physiological brain neurochemical problem, and we need to look at it that way. It deserves treatment rather than judgment. People that are struggling with these issues have the right to address these problems free from shame and guilt. We need to do a better job as a community of eliminating the shame and the stigma around having substance use disorders. With Utah Public Radio, I'm Jackson Wild.